Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 356. Joining me today in the studio is Joe Hubbard. We had a great time talking about all the wonderful things he's been doing at conventions over the past year, some things that he's looking forward to, and most importantly, his website, My Geek Scene, which is a very useful place to get all information on all the things going on that are geeky in Michigan. Uh, so with that, uh, sit back, grab something to drink, and enjoy Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 356, an interview with Joe Hubbard. A whole fucking case of this? Uh, no. Uh, that is actually. Uh, you should try one. No, I. It's good. Do it. Do it. Why not? Oh, I thought it was gonna be like snakes jumping out at me. No. no, dude, I've tried these before. I know how it goes, and it's just like I don't want. Oh God. Yeah. No, I mean I've had these before. The long clippings one is not that bad, actually. No, that one actually is like the best out of all of them. That and like the, the baby wipes. I mean. Weird how they actually taste like what they sound like, but the skunk and everything. So that is, uh, we did it last year randomly when Lindsay's son was here and we watched a terrible movie over uh, Thanksgiving break, uh, Transformers last night. And then I had a, a box of them and he just opened them and I was laughing and then he goes, oh my God. And I go, that's what we're going to do when we're recording this. So we're going to do a terrible movie review. And then we're going to randomly, every now and then, take one. Oh, God, dude, that just sounds so horrible. So with Charles, our, our new co-host on the show, uh, he was late. And the first time he got a warning, the second time he ended up having to uh, to eat. I think we made him take three of them or something. That made him never late again. Well, you know, I, I hate being late. And I, that's why I, I was, oh, sorry, I will publicly apologize for being late. Uh, for this, I was all set to go, and I was heading your way, and then last minute dump just kicks in. When you get old, like like me, well, like us, when it's like, oh, you gotta go, you're like, oh, I gotta go, you know. <laughs> you just gotta, you gotta take the the Gandalf route. You're just always on time. Oh, I wasn't on time, dude. I hate, hate, hate being late for anything. That because when it's instead, uh, I guess I heard this uh, this phrase a while ago, like. If you're on time, you're late. If you're early, you're on time. And that's mm-hmm. what I've always um, uh, did my best to uh, follow uh, every single time I've had anything I tr- important to do. I try especially to do interviews. that. Uh, it, yeah, it sometimes I, I'm you rarely ever late. Late. I mean, if it's something I need to be to, you know, I'm always like you said early. I kind of sometimes, uh, you know, shave the the corner right there and just sneak on in. But no, it's just, I mean, it's for anything that's important. You know, it's like I have to be there. I can't. I like I'll show up. Like if I have an interview with a guest and stuff like that, I'm always there at least a half an hour early so I can set up my stuff. And like, even if as it's coming down to like 15 minutes to the interview, I'm like um, yelling at myself like. Come on, let's go, go, go. Get the stuff set up. Be ready to go. So by the time they walk into this room, uh, you can get right into the interview. 
You, know? What's a, you are very meticulous at what you do. And it's so... I feel like maybe my, uh, re, you know, my memory is is going with my old age, but I don't really remember back in the day, you being uh, like this at all. About like interviews? No, I didn't interview well, no. people back in the day. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh shit! I told. <laughs> yeah, I, I've been doing this for fifteen years. Kid. Where the hell have you been? You know. No, but like uh, as being as uh, you know meticulous and methodical. I mean, obviously, you weren't doing what you're doing now uh, with my geek scene, but I, I just remember younger Joe just uh, more or less whatever. Yeah, yeah. But even then, I ne- um, back then I never even liked being late for anything because I would just get anxiety about that. Like, oh, I don't want to miss anything. I don't want to miss anything. You know. So, but if it was like for fun functions and stuff like that with people I knew, if I still didn't want to be late. But if I was, and it was because it was out of my control, yeah, what can you do, you know? Mm-hmm. But definitely for interviews. I And because I've showed up early for interviews and had my stuff set up, there have been times that guests have shown up, and they're like, do you want to wait until the time, or do you want to start now? Well, we can start now, and I got more time, you know? I think we mentioned that the last time. So I was trying to think of all that we covered last time, and it was a lot, but, but it, also, it was about a year ago, maybe a little over a year ago. It was tail end of 2017, man. Yeah. And I was, uh, I was, I, I'm very thankful for, um, because I mentioned that when we did the interview uh, for my YouTube channel, but I was very thankful for that podcast because I was in a bad place as far as my geek scene goes. And I was actually thinking about hanging it up because of some bullshit drama behind the scenes with a convention. Uh, none of them around here, you know, but just some crew that was just power hungry and stuff like that. And I was, and wanted to throw their weight around. And I'm like, this is absolutely unnecessary. And I was like, if I'm going to have to deal with this shit and I'm not even getting paid much, yeah. I'm out. Bye. You know, uh, someone else can do all the work. Mm-hmm. But, and then, I, I was like, no, grown-ass man, pick your ass up off the floor, start, you can still continue doing this, so man, you had this massive inspiration to start this whole thing, so you have to continue doing this. And then when I did the podcast with you, I had so much fun. It was just, it was a great conversation, and it wasn't like, uh, there wasn't necessarily a time limit, there wasn't some agent or guest handler like, move it along, move it along, mm-hmm. you know, it was just like a fun conversation, and I truly do appreciate that because because of that uh podcast and like with other reasons it helped solidify my decision to keep going well, well and i truly do for, appreciate that dude well i'm glad that you kept going because i that's because like, of the calendar that's it this is the damn calendar no one else gives i mean no one gives a shit about anything else i do it's just that calendar i put up on the site you know that oh is, you took photos cool uh, hey, would you like to buy a copy of that? No, I don't want to. You know, I'll just. Well, I will say no. I, I, I genuinely do look at the photos because I can't make it to a lot of conventions, and I do like. I love Halloween. I love dressing up, and I like seeing the costumes, homemade outfits that people do. So through you, I can live through at other cons because let's let's put it this way: most conventions are the same thing of the same vendors that you probably see at multiple different places. Correct. Selling the same stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's maybe some other uh, guests uh, there, media guests or whatever. But really the thing that is different, and you may have the same person that shows up in a costume to one or the other, but the, the people that attend are 
drastically different depending on where in the United States they are. So their costumes and everything that they dress up as, wildly different. So seeing them is, yes, a, a plus. But I will say it's it's the calendar. It's though. the calendar. <laughs> let's, let's call it like it is because like as I was talking about, like... Um, it's calendar first that draws people to the website, um, at, le- at least through Google, because after looking at my Google Analytics, people, uh, social media makes up probably 4% of the traffic that actually comes to my website. It's all through Google, and it's definitely the calendar, and it's and then it's photos, and then it's, like, interviews and reviews. I mean, it's funny, like, I'll run into people, like, hey, I took your photo, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. Are you familiar with the calendar? No. Or... Oh, I love your calendar, you know, and like, well, did you, you know, I do interviews? No. He's like, I'll ask somebody like, who are you here to see at this convention? Oh, that's so-and-so. I actually, I did an interview with them. Really? Yeah. I, I did a video interview with them. Where is that? Well, on the YouTube channel. Where's the YouTube channel? Here's the back of the card where it literally says <laughs> like, follow, subscribe by Geek Scene and it has icons for YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. I once had a conversation with a dude who was giving me advice on how to, um, uh, uh, run my geek scene a little bit better and generate some income and then like I handed him the business card he's like you got a YouTube channel it's like yeah he's like where and I'm like <laughs> it's right there it's literally the icon that says YouTube and the word my geek scene over it I was like I think it's pointless for me to put full URLs in the back of a business card because no one's going to look at all that, that. yeah no no, no. And no one's going to really type that in they're just going to Google in YouTube's my geek scene oh my goodness it's it's just it's funny. It really is funny uh, <laughs> that, that you have to spell it out for people. And I'm not trying to look down on folks, but it's just like, and I certainly don't want to come off like that, but I like to, I, I don't look at things like surface level. I like to dig deeper into it. So if it's like if someone hands me a business card, I'm going to look at the business card and try to, I was like, okay, this is their contact info. Because if, if their contact info is literally on the card, I'm not going to go, where can I contact you at? I'm like, are you... Why am I handing you a business card if I'm literally going to tell you, you know? Now, I mean, there's threefold that we can actually start discussing, but I want to go with what was kind of the first iteration of my geek scene. So there's the calendar, there's your interviews, and then there's your pictures that you do. What out of all those, or even the concept of my geek scene, was you originally just thinking, this is why I wanted to create it? We went over this the last time, sir. I know, but there are new listeners that might no, want to know. No, uh, no, no. Go listen to the old episode. <laughs> now, um, I guess the origin story. Dun, 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 dun. Is this a reboot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the origin story. I, I, I uh, had an epiphany at this anime convention called JFAX, and I was like, man, something, I don't like where my life is going. Something's got to change. It sucks. And then shortly after that, on my birthday, I was inspired to create a what ended up being a positive geek culture website. I figured I just wanted to make a central hub for geek culture in Michigan. And it, I didn't even think about doing interviews. That It was just more along the lines of I originally just wanted to list all of the cool events throughout Michigan because I couldn't find anything yeah, like I, that. Yeah, I couldn't find anything until your website came around. I mean, there, there are other websites now that list conventions and stuff like that, and I know they've been to my website ripping off uh, uh, dates and events, because mm-hmm. I was like, you'd never even consider that event until now. So I know you've been in my uh, calendar. <laughs> Let's call it like it is, where you got your info. But 
for them, those that check, they'll probably check and like, okay, I got the stuff, and then here I am constantly adding more and more and more and more stuff. Oh, you man, know? April Fool's Day, you need to post a random fake calendar that just has some off-the-wall stuff, and then find which other site. No, I man, there's nothing I really can do, because like so many people visit the calendar itself that I there's nothing I can really do about preventing them from going and ciphering the content for my from my website for their website well that's true and i mean yes that that ultimately stuff one of the things that drunk on comics wanted to do is kind of where you're at now of like having a multi uh layered uh website pretty much for us right now it is just hosting our podcast we did have some actual comic book written reviews um and a couple other things at the time but really when it comes down to it it's a lot of work to do these things oh God, and yes you need to love what you're doing which obviously you love what you're doing i love what i'm doing but i also I, I i i know you probably don't have all the time to do it but somehow you have the willpower to persevere and do more i am trying this year personally to put more focus on drunk on comics for myself with actually doing we haven't done interviews in a while and getting back to doing that instead of just the normal, you know, what's going on, uh, hubba baloo of, of the comic book industry. So I'm trying to do an uh, interview a month. So technically... That's a good goal. Technically, I'm interviewing you in January, even though it won't come out <laughs> in February. So this still counts for January. Wait, wait, you're, you're interviewing me in January and it won't come out in February? So is this coming no, out in March? No, it won't no, come I'm out just till, give, till February. Dude, I'm just giving you shit. But, uh, and I also have another one lined up in a couple weeks. So like... And pretty much there are people that I I know and love and talk to at the comic book uh, conventions and everything, but they're also people that I want, that I know, uh, whether they're podcasters or writing books, that I want it to be less uh, the, oh, what's what are you working on now, or this and that. The spiel? Yeah, I kind of want to, because that's what sometimes it is, even though they're friends and we can, like, I'll have a beer with some of them afterwards and everything, Usually when you're interviewing them, they want to kind of promote some things. So you get going in that direction because it's the two-way street. What I kind of set out this year is to just really, I just want to shoot the shit with some people, be a little more personal with them, what's uh, tinkering in their mind, um, you know, what other personal things, have they seen some movies? Uh, and that's kind of what my goal is. But you, on the other hand, you, oh, you dig deep. And when you do interviews... I've, I, I want to go back to um, uh, Grand Rapids Comic Con, all the interviews you did there, like which year? Well, yeah, just in general. Year, just in general, um, that's where I've mostly seen you uh, physically doing some, because at some of the other conventions, I've you've you kind of go into wherever you're doing, and wow. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know how many interviews I've done at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. I've been very fortunate, very fortunate to have had some great interview opportunities. So shout out to Mark Hodges for um, helping me achieve those interviews and always giving me an opportunity to represent myself as press at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. So, and um, little known fact, Mark was the first one to give me a chance uh, for press, period, um, with my old website. It was... Uh, MichiganGeekEvents.wordpress.com, <laughs> and I reached out to Mark just asking for a press pass. On a, I didn't. I figured he was going to say no, and he was like, "No, I," because uh, he used to do 
small press and um, when he got a good opportunity he said if I ever am in a position of power where I can grant the same opportunity to folks I will so Mark's really good about uh, giving back giving back to the community and stuff like that I mean he could easily with the amount of people that he pulls in be like yeah whatever who are you again you know mm-hmm. but he's never been like that he's always been a super cool dude to me and he's given me some great opportunities hell the very first interview I ever did was James O'Barr um and one, if I, of, one of your heroes? Uh, well, I really enjoyed The Crow, uh, the movie, and then I found out that it was a comic book, and then I got the comic book and stuff like that, and then the updated version of the comic book, and the tattoo on my back is from The Crow. So, yeah, and I got to do a damn near half-hour interview with him, and it wasn't, like, going over... Yeah, we talked about The Crow, but we also talked about other stuff, too. So, mm-hmm. and definitely music. And, like, James, from what I understand, does not really open up a whole lot to people. And he gave me uh, close to half an hour. Because I remember there was this other group that I knew that do interviews too. He shut them down within three minutes of that interview. <laughs> like, and that interview never see, saw the light of day. Never. You know, I was, like, asking my friend, when are you going to release this? I want to see it. Yeah, we'll get around to it. <laughs> that was years ago, dude. <laughs> it's never come back. But, yeah, Mark's always been super cool. Well, I have to say, uh, at the most recent one, uh, what you did with the Harp Twins. I got lucky with that one. Thanks. Shout out to Dirk Manning for setting that up, um, for making the professional introduction. And that interview almost didn't happen for a few reasons. Um, because, oh, well, that, not for a few reasons. That interview almost didn't happen. But it looked like you were about to ask a question. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no. Keep going with, uh, I, I'm curious, how did it not almost happen? So, um... 2016, I did an interview with Kevin Eastman at the Amway Grand in the lobby in the morning. Had no issues. Harp Twins interview. They were running a little late. They initially wanted to do the interview, like, um, in the... uh, Convention floor? Convention floor. At the time that they suggested was when everything was shutting down and there was this massive cold breeze coming from that big garage door in the back. Because where they were stationed and I was... I had my stuff set up and then I was like, nope, I don't like this. And I tore down my stuff, and then when they re- uh, showed up, I was like, sorry, folks. It's like, uh, I don't want to do it here. I was like, can we go do it in the Amway Grand's hotel lobby? Because yeah, that's where they were staying, too. And they're like, sure, give us half an hour. We'll be over there. I was like, that's cool, because they gave me time to go. Well, about 45 minutes gave me time to, oh, my God, make it through that labyrinth, that from, that walk from <laughs> DeVos Hall oh, to yeah. Amway Grand, and then using the elevators and stuff like that. That is that is difficult. <laughs> yes. I mean, Amway Grand needs to get it together as far as that goes. Because if you were in a wheelchair and you wanted to make it to and from, it is not easy to make oh, it no, from Amway it, Grand over to DeVos Hall. It is a maze. It should not be that difficult. I mean, outside of going outside, you know, mm-hmm. down the street. So I get to the Amway Grand. I'm in the lobby. I found, scouted out a place, started setting up. Security shows up. And I'm like, oh, snaps and they're like, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, I'm just setting up for an interview. And I'm like, oh, wait, sorry. May I set up for an interview, <laughs> you know? And they were like, well, what's this for? And I was like, I explained myself, you know, and I explained it was with one of the guests, the Harp Twins. Like, oh, yeah, we, we saw them a little bit earlier. It's like, yeah, they're guests here. It's like, okay, how long is it going to be? Da, 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 da. And they're like, okay. They checked with their management. It's like, we're going to let this happen, but, like, um, how long is it going to be? I was like, no more than half an hour, bud, and I'll be out of here. I'll tear up, and I'll be I'll be like a ghost, you know. And 
they were cool with it. He goes, but next time you got to check in with like the media folks here. He's like, we don't want any guests in the background online. And it's like the way I had it set up is like, you wouldn't see anyone in the background. Plus mm-hmm. it was like Sunday evening. So everything was like shut down and we sat on the couch, um, in the, um, in, I guess, what was that, the atrium? It was yeah. a beautiful looking area. Oh, and it was, besides just, uh, you know, setting up uh, the perfect shot, it was just a really good, fun interview. And I could tell that the, the girls were enjoying it too because it wasn't, you know, not to ask the same questions. Oh, that God, other, I hate that asked. stuff. Yeah, you, and you're really good at that. And you dig deep and uh, you found some music that they haven't played and what they might be interested in playing. And, to be honest, that was my first. I've been to two other conventions where, the, well, last year when they were here, and then one other convention where I actually, honestly, never was able to make it to watch them play. I still have it yet. Oh my god! Uh, <laughs> holy shit! You need to. They were really, really good and fun. I've never seen a full set by them. I've caught songs here and there, mm-hmm. but it's just. But they're just fun and funny. Like they just, they're normal people like anyone else. And that's that's always been my approach to doing interviews: is treating guests like normal people. I mean, who'd have thunk? I mean, yeah, you do some cool things and you've had some cool experiences that I may never, ever get to do. But I'm not going to be like, oh my gosh, the Harp Twins. Here's the thing. You notice that um, when I began the interview, I'm just like, hi, I'm here with uh, Camille and Kennerly of the Harp Twins. Did you ever notice that I didn't throw any adjectives describing their looks? Oh, uh, yeah, I definitely did, because, yeah, you... I never, ever, ever go, like, I'm... Because I see, like, plenty of interviews, like, uh... Especially if it's with ladies, with the beautiful so-and-so. It's like, yes, they're attractive women, but also at the same time, their beauty is not what makes them who they are. These are two awesome musicians that I want to talk to them about music. I don't care about their looks. If you can go up there and you can perform well, that's what I'm more interested in. I'm here for the music, first and foremost... Not, oh my God, these are some hot ladies playing harp, you know? It's like, that does not mean anything to me. Like, how well can you perform? And and I just treat them like people. And I think once people realize that, like, when I'm getting into the interview with them, like, oh, he's treating me like a human being. He's not blowing smoke up my ass, you know, and he's not bowing down to me. Wow, I can actually, and he's asking me about stuff that I like to talk about that I don't get to talk about that often. Yeah, I'm going to relax a little bit more and I'll start giving more unique answers well, due to the unique questions and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah, but Dirk was the one who set up that interview and I, I actually still have plenty of questions. I think I might try to do another interview with them because there were some questions that I cut because of the time limit. I was only supposed to get 15 minutes, but I ended up going 20, you know, um, because the ladies were very busy too. But um, well, I, the thing is this though, I guarantee you, they will remember you for for being a different than the normal press junket type questions. And that's what makes you uh, very, uh, I don't want to say well-known, but very big within the circuit here because you take the time and you do it. Where I kind of go free freehand, which also makes it fun for the guests because I don't really research, but I also don't ask the same stupid questions unless pre-asking them, hey, what do you want to touch on? All right, I'll throw it in there. And then we're just going to talk about bullshit. You have a different approach, but we're both very memorable in our own style. And I just try to have conversations with the people. Like, the questions that I'm asking them are the questions that I legitimately want to know the answers to. Some of them I have to throw up some uh, softballs because, like, 
okay, so tell me about your new album. I already know about like whatever <laughs> new album or whatever new project you're working on, but for like the people at home that are watching, that's when you know I have to throw that out. You know, for the promotional part. Mm-hmm. So I try to do probably a little bit of promotion stuff at the beginning, but definitely towards the end. Like, what would you like to promote or what would you like to talk about? I'll give them that platform. But other than that. I'm more interested in finding out more about that person and not any, even in a creepy stalkerish way, you know, cause I'm pretty sure they've had some, uh, so like back to the harp trends, I'm pretty sure they've had some, uh, creepy yeah. encounters with folks. And I like, I feel bad for them, uh, because I never will have to deal with it in that manner that they will have to, you know? Yeah. Um, and I'm, uh, yeah, <coughs> but they were pretty cool. I mean, I definitely, just to get to talk to them about metal and stuff like that, because they're huge metal heads, really. Yeah, it's something you would Well, never... when, you do, when you do your research and you look at all their covers. <laughs> well, uh, and if you listen to them. But even then, though, there could be people that play certain styles but aren't really into it. They just know that it's, it's good for the product. Mm-hmm. Not saying that about them. But when you really find out, oh, wait, you guys are really... You really truly believe in like like what you're doing, not saying just them specifically, but anyone else in general. Uh, that's always great to know that they're genuine. Oh, and that's awesome. Um, it is awesome. But when I was talking to them about metal, sure they've done Iron Maiden covers. They've done a lot of Iron Maiden covers. They've done some Metallica. Uh, they've done one Megadeth song. But when I was digging into the metal thing, I was finding out about like bands of well. I, I've heard of them, but like Elevati, which is like a um, folk metal band, um, within Temptation, I think that's power metal and stuff like that, and like Angra. But I was just like, wow, you got all these bands. So it's like, how many people actually get to talk to them about folk metal and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. I'll be that dude to talk to them about that, you know, instead of just glossing over because I'm deep into metal. And I want to learn, I mean, like when I find someone who's also deep in the metal, I'm like, oh, I want to pick your brains about this, you know? So that's why I brought it up. And that's why I brought up the question about black metal. I wasn't really expecting them to start doing black metal <laughs> covers, but the fact that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm probably the first person to ever ask them about, like, would you consider doing black metal songs because some of the compositions can be quite symphonic as well. And I was talking about Opeth, progressive death metal, you know? Well, not so much death metal anymore now progressive well just prog rock 70s prog rock but <laughs> you guys had a lot a great catalog of uh prog death metal but that's neither here nor there <laughs> um what uh, so you do the the videos and it's one of the things that i know i have mentioned and i know some other people have mentioned too of that's a lot of time to edit to take and to set up and then there's people like me who come with a zoom that can go get in and out and kind of just do the non-video type. Have you done anything since uh, then or anything new with not doing the video? And if so, how is that compared to doing videos? Do you like do you like it more? Is it easier? You've clearly not done your research, sir. I've done three audio interviews since the last time. Uh, well, no, nah, I'm just giving you shit, dude. <laughs> well, two things. One. I'm pretending I don't know this because I do personally know that you have. No, I've I've done <laughs> I've done a, a few audio interviews um, recently. I did two. Uh, I think like since I uh, when I when we did an interview for my geek scene. Also, thanks to you, um, you helped me. Uh, you were the first interview that I ever processed. Video interview that I processed in thirty frames per second. Because prior to that, and I think we were talking about that after we did the interview, I was 
recording at 60 frames per second. And I was processing at 60 frames per second. My laptop is not powerful enough to just crank out videos like that when it's processing. So there was some time, like when I did the interview with Jill Thompson, that was like 53 minutes. So the first time it was processing, it, 13 hours and just 15, I mean, five minutes before it was done, I was like, it's almost done. It's almost done. You don't have enough memory. I mean, you don't have enough storage space. And I was like, bullshit. Bullshit. I have 20 gigs of free space on this hard drive. Nope, you don't have enough. And it just failed. And I was like, ah. So I cleared up like 70 gigs worth of free space. Started doing that video again. It took 16 hours to process that thing. And I was just like, this is ridiculous. I was like, I can't do this anymore it's like no no this is a 53 minute interview this does not need to take 16 hours to process then i just bumped it down to 30 frames per second and my god dude time was cut down by 75 percent like our interview that was like just a little bit over an hour that took less than three hours just to process and i'm happier with that altogether so thank you you were the very first interview (laughs) Uh, that idea that I export in 30 frames per second. And when you think about it, I really don't need 60 frames per second no. for uh, my static interviews where I'm just sit, sitting or standing and talking with somebody. And I thought, and I learned about like with 60 frames per second, if I wanted to do some uh, video wizardry and like slow down the footage and make us move in slow motion, <laughs> that's where 60 frames per second comes in handy, you know? So um, I still record in 60 frames per second because that's how the camera does, but it went to 30 frames per second for exporting and my goodness has made things a lot easier for me. Well, that's good to hear. Cause that's one of the things I did know is how much time it took on the back end of things. And well, that just, well, like my process, uh, and I'll get back to your initial question. I think if I don't stop rambling, my initial process is I always record the video and audio and I do the little clap thing just to sync up the stuff. But so the video stuff, once that's recorded, that's golden. I can, I'll come back to that. I take the audio from my microphones, the Zoom, and I'll put it into Audacity, and I'll just start scrubbing through the audio and cutting out clicks, pops, and stuff like that. That annoys me. I used to edit edit out uh, all the breathing and stuff, and I, uh, at the beginning of last year when I went to MAGFest, I did two audio interviews, both of them just a little bit over an hour. Since I edited out all the 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 breathing, like whenever someone was going to talk, they were like, <gasps> when they would inhale, I would edit that out. It took both of them well over eight hours a piece just to edit out all that stuff. And I was like, this is this is not a good workflow. This is absolutely unnecessary. And this just kind of sounds robotic. So I would leave in like the breathing and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if it's like, say, for instance, like I'm talking to the mic and you're talking to the mic and while you're talking, the, my microphone is picking up my heavy breathing, I'll go through on my audio line and I will noise gate that out. You know, um, noise gating has been very helpful too. So I can just put that over my whole line and just edit out all my... <laughs> get rid of all that altogether. And... It would be great as if I actually went through and edited mine and then it just is silent. So they're like... What's Joe talking about right now? Because cutting out your heavy breathing right there. No, that's a that's that's <laughs> I mean that's a plugin that I um, downloaded for Audacity is Noise Gate, and it's very very helpful. It really, really is. Now, back to I I think I answered that. I don't know anymore. You're oh, like so your... I would edit the audio and then I would uh, 
take that audio file once I've processed it and stuff like that, and I would put it on the video timeline. And then I, because I had left the little clap marks in there, I would sync that audio up. I would take the audio from my video, completely get it out of there, and sync up the, the quality audio from the mics with the video, and just do like little titles and stuff like that, and process it all together. Bada bing, bada boom, there's your video. Not, wow. My, my editing is very basic. My video work is extremely basic, you know, and it gets the job done. And uh, that's why I was thinking about venturing into the podcasting world, too. But I don't know where I would be able to find the time. Now, back to... Um, I'm just saying it'd be a, a little bit simpler than setting up at some conventions. Like, sure, bring it for some of the bigger names or people that want to. But for people that only have a little bit that you kind of want to just, like, really talk to them instead of having to set up a whole camera we can go right now it depends on the situation yeah um last year at shootocon i want i had three separate interviews that i wanted to do on camera and i like i like getting the guests on camera and stuff like that so because i could do an interview with somebody an audio interview but will the people at home who are actually taking the time to listen might actually go to seek this person out to see what they look like at least on camera they can initially look at them like okay that's who that person is you know and then you could put the uh, the video on in the background just to listen to it i always mm-hmm. treat my uh, i always design my interviews to be like podcast conversational podcast but um so at shootocon three separate interviews one with tyson reinhardt who i did uh who i did an awesome interview with back in 2015 and that's like 2016 one of my favorite interviews of all time Tied for favorite interview of all time. Totally cool dude. Uh, an interview with Ian Sinclair, who I've interviewed twice. These are all anime voice actors and actresses. And um, one with Monica Rial, who was brand new uh, to me doing an interview with. I've heard so much about her, and seems like a super nice lady. So, I was trying to set up time, and just, uh, long story short, I ended up, we all were like, alright. They all wanted to do the interview at the same time. So I was like, I can't do this, you know, and it's like they didn't want to do it here. So we decided to go off site to a bar and just sit down. So I was like, I'm not bringing my video equipment for this. No. So I just brought my mics, my two mics and my questions. I had all three questions already printed out on the table. So I'm just going back and forth between the questions, trying to get everybody. It ended up being like a 45 minute uh, conversation. Nice. And it, I looked at it. It's like, man, how far I've come as an interviewer where I'm able to do an interview with three people at the same time, three separate people, and try to carry a conversation that included everybody. Of course, I had to cut out a lot of questions because I had every interview tailored to that uh, That person, to that individual. And the funny thing is, uh, that was the first and only interview that I began completely in Spanish with my introduction for Monica Real because she's uh, from Spain herself, and. I wish that would have been on camera because, like, her jaw dropped when I began my intro completely in Spanish, you know, introducing her and telling the folks at home that she's a voice actress. And then she's like, you too? I was like, nope, that's about the extent of my Spanish. And then (laughs) the other two dudes started laughing. And then right as soon as I got done with that, uh, I began it completely in German for Tyson Reinhardt and Ian Sinclair. The German introduction was for Tyson because, you know, he does speak German. So... I was like, wow, I've gone full ham on doing, uh, <laughs> uh, and I don't want that to be my shtick where I just begin interviews completely in different languages. I, I did, the last one that I did a interview in, 
a different language was with David Hayter of Metal Gear Solid, who was at the Grand Rapids Comic Con. He's the voice of Solid Snake. I began that interview completely in Japanese because he's fluent in Japanese and he went to high school in Kobe, Japan. He's not Japanese himself. He's just some Canadian dude who does awesome work. But yeah, I began that completely in Japanese. He was not expecting that. And well, that, I, bet, I bet he's... You're now going to be remembered because that was something unique that probably hasn't ever happened with him in, in an interview before. Uh, for sure, you know. And he asked me about that afterwards. Like, yeah, hey, why Why did you uh, get it that way? It's like, because I know you speak Japanese, so I figured it'd be an in- interesting way to start the, the interview. But back to the audio um, interviews, uh, since the last time I saw you, um, well, last time we did the interview, I went down to Hamtramck uh, to interview my favorite rapper, Megaran, who uh, he does a lot of... Uh, raps on, well, mainly video games and stuff like that, geek subjects, but uh, really cool dude, really super nice down to earth, and I had been chasing after that dude to do an interview for like going on two years, because we were supposed to do interviews at other things and then uh, other events, but then scheduling conflicts flat out came up and just put them to the side, so it is what it is, Uh, and I sat down, did an interview with him at a bar, you know, and I just, I didn't bring my video equipment with me, I just brought my audio equipment with me, because I knew that, one, this is a bar that I'm not familiar with, in an area that I'm not familiar with, and I don't have any friends there, I'm not bringing my video equipment, no, that stuff's too expensive, I'm not about to start fighting people for my, uh, video equipment, or have that shit stolen, Yeah. God, no, with the audio, I mean, with my audio setup, it's just two microphones, a cable, and, uh, Zoom, I can stow that in my backpack, who's, no one will be the wiser, so, but yeah, I did an interview with him, and then recently I was at MAGFest again, which is by far one of the best cons that I've ever gone to, ever. It is just amazing. And I did an interview with my friends uh, in this uh, awesome video game Final Fantasy cover band called Night of the Round. So they do awesome metal covers of Final Fantasy oh, tracks. Sweet. Oh, they're great, dude. Um, I interviewed them in 2015 at Great Bit Live 3. And if you look at that video, you could clearly tell that I had a vague understanding of who they were, and it was just a, by my standards, an okay interview at best. <laughs> Fast forward three years later, while I'm well-versed in what they do and done my research, I was able to have a good conversation with two of the members, but just trying to set up that interview was a pain in the ass. Not because of them, but it's just trying to scout out a place where we could sit down and have a conversation without any interference in the background, actually trying to find a spot to sit down. Because, you know, at some conventions, with like, depending on where it's held at, you have union members you have to deal with and stuff like that. And I understand that they have to make their money too. But, like, uh, if I moved a chair, I didn't want the hotel to get fined because I, being a non-union member, moved a chair mm-hmm. for me and a guest to sit down and have a conversation with. I mean, I'm not about to have a 45-minute conversation with somebody while standing the entire time. I want my guests to be comfortable. I want them to bring water and stuff like that and just to have a conversation. But just, it took two hours just to find a spot, uh, tell them, hey, I need you to be, I mean, go talk to the convention staff about it, get it cleared. And the convention staff at MAGFest were amazing. They're awesome people and stuff like that. Get the interview going and stuff like that and then get out of there. It's audio interviews are definitely easier. I will agree with mm-hmm. you, but I also like doing video interviews. Okay, so you're still gonna continue just? Oh yeah, for sure. I would mix love... it up a bit. 
Well, I mean, because, like, the Grand Rapids Comic Con, the thing I like about their thing is uh, they actually have, like, a press room set aside for interviews. Uh, it's just a little storage room at DeVos, which is fine. It has good lighting, has a table, and chairs. That's all I could ask for. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. And it's a quiet room that not anyone can get access to. And I can sit down and do an interview with them and call it good. Now I want to move on to the third thing that you have on my geek scene as well as putting on Facebook and everything is your pictures. And the first off is, were you ever, did you ever dabble in photography growing up? No. Or is this, this is just something that now you you do for the website? But God, no. I never really did do photography while growing up um, at all. <laughs> I mean, first event that I ever did for I started taking photos for my geek scene was uh, at Grand Rapids Comic Con 2014. <laughs> I had borrowed uh, from a friend his little handheld camcorder, and I took photos with that. I put it on still shot mode, and I was just doing clicks. And like when I look at those photos, they are horrible. <laughs> they are horrible, dude. Um, I'm so ashamed of those photos. And then the next event that I took photos at, it was actually like at a um, Japanese toy art exhibit at um, a Muskegon uh, museum. So I took my then self on my camera. I mean, not my camera. I took my then smartphone. It took photos with that. That's how I did that, you know. And then I eventually bought my first DSLR, you know, and started taking photos for that. Because I figured, yes, the calendar is cool, but you also have to appeal to... Um, the vanity aspect of humanity. People love seeing photos taken of them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I figured, well, I might as well just start taking photos and it'd be a great way to pull people to the site okay. too. Well, that's what, you're always professional with that. You always hand out your card, make sure that they know who you are and why you're taking a picture. And sometimes you see people at these conventions where they just right away will start taking pictures or they'll just quick hey can i get a picture most everyone is wants to get their picture taken but don't explain who they are or where they're from they could be just some random person which okay me personally i'll take some pictures of some cool people show them be like to my friends like look at this cool outfit yes but some of the people that have their websites they should be a little more professional saying hey i'm going to post you all over and here's my card if you want to look it up you're always very professional in that aspect and i have to say i appreciate it about you because well, again, it's another great thing that you do, Joe. Oh, thanks, dude. It's just more like my conscious plays a role into that. Because I don't want people to feel uncomfortable. Like, Because I could easily be that skeezy person out there, go take a photo of somebody and exploit them. Because uh, I've seen that happen before. Like, I'm in the process of taking a photo of somebody, and somebody just walks up with a cell phone, not even making eye contact with whoever I'm taking a photo of, just does that hit and run. Boop, and it uh, takes that snap and then just walks away without even saying anything. I always ask for permission first. If a uh, person says no, I'm on my way. Mm-hmm. This, you know, you'll say no, all right, I'll go find someone else that will say yes, and I hand them the business card. But the funny thing is I hand plenty of business cards. I don't know how much good that does for me. It's like, oh, hey, you took my uh, – I came into people like, hey, you took it, my photo. I was like, yeah. Um, did you find it online? No. <laughs> well, here's the business card again. And I, so sometimes I remember the event that they're at. It's like, look up this album. You'll find your photo there, mm-hmm. you know. What, uh, the what, the pictures that I love the most that you take is when you go to the Renaissance Festival. Oh, yeah. Because 
I that's the one thing that I truly don't get out to. You need to go, of. dude. Well, no, I've gone to them, but for me, it's about every other year. I just I my summers when they're usually going on are already kind of booked with either camping or other com- uh, comic book conventions, and so I get to kind of experience because those sort of like there's comic books, there's anime, like the you know they kind of dress the, to what it is, and then Renaissance uh, festivals. I mean, I love fantasy and, and medieval stuff, so some of that stuff is, holy shit, awesome. And I get to live live it as if I was there through some of your pictures. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I mean, I've definitely improved as a photographer over the years, for sure. Oh, God. Just looking back at some of my earlier albums, I thought it was hot shit. And then <laughs> when I learned how to do proper editing and proper lighting, and I still have a long ways to go, so I'll probably feel that way in a few years from now. Like, oh, God, those photos. Ugh. But looking at some of them, I'm like, why would I use a flash outside? Why? What is wrong with me? Why would I use a flash outside? I mean, you can just to fill out some of the shadows and stuff like that, but I'm just like, ugh. But yeah, the Renaissance, uh, I can, I can bring my good lens with that, that I can get nice group shots and stuff like that. And it, and generally the Renaissance festival has some excellent natural light, you know, mm-hmm. depending on where you are. And that's a, it's really cool to, to go out there and experience. So you've been to the one in Holly? Yes. Yep. Yes. I try to go every year and I do know some of the, the, sta- uh, the staff and cast members and stuff like that. So it definitely makes it easier for me to... I got to experience some things that most folks don't, and I do appreciate those things, you know. Yeah. And I also don't try to take advantage of that just because I'm there as press doesn't mean like I have uh, full access to everything. My philosophy on that is press is a good opportunity, but do not blow that opportunity by thinking that you're entitled to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, they have the thing called the, the King's Feast at the Michigan Renaissance Festival. I think it's like $75 to get in for that, where you get personal entertainment and they feed you. Um, I got pulled into that for free. I wasn't trying to get in there for free. They were like, no, sit down. Just sit down. Nice. Watch, you know. And there was like food near me. I was like, I'm not touching that. I didn't pay for any of this. I just took photos of, like, the entertainment before me. I was like, I am not touching this food. These fine folks around me paid for the beer. They paid for the food and for this experience. I'm just going to – I was, like, sitting, like, front row. And I felt uncomfortable being in front row because I was like, I don't need to be here. They're like, no, just sit down right there. That's fine. I'm like, are you sure? I'll be in the back against the wall taking photos. That is completely cool, you know. So, I mean, I could have easily went the route, like, well, huh, I'm giving you uh, coverage on MikeGeekScene.com. Uh I should have free meals and stuff like that. No, because there's been convention uh, um, promoters that reached out to me like, hey, would you come to our event? You know, what, what do you need? We can get you meals and stuff like that. I was like, no, just comp my badge. That's all. I don't need free parking. I don't need free meals and stuff like that. Because for me, I would feel that I would feel compromised. If I'm taking something from you in that manner, I would have to pay you back in some form or fashion. And it's just like, look, it's cool that you're you want to offer this stuff to me, but you really shouldn't be offering this to uh, press and whatnot. Cause some mm-hmm. folks will take advantage of that. Cause they might be like, well, if you don't get me such and such and such, I'll give you a bad review. No, I'm just there to be that impartial dude it, yep. to cover it. I don't need any special treatment outside of please just count my badge. Now in the past year, how many conventions or events have you gone to? If you can, 
think of in 2018 oh dude it was scaled back um tremendously because in 2017 when i was hitting burnout i hit i think 32 to 34 events wow um throughout that whole year last year i think it was probably around 20 there was a few events that 20 still pretty rocking for i know but it's like i actually had to miss out on a few events due to uh it would have been probably around 23 uh i had to miss out on a few events two of them were like due to like sudden illness and um another one was like i just wasn't gonna have enough time after like i made the hour drive because i i was with my uh tai chi and kung fu class and we were performing at festival of the arts so by the time we got done with our slot i would have had to drive an hour to charlotte charlotte michigan (laughs) to go to this uh outdoor rent fair and by the time i got there i probably would have had two to three hours left before the convent um, before the thing closed and it was like a one-day event i'm like i no sorry guys uh maybe next year it just is not going to work that way um but yeah 20 events i would have preferred to go to more but then also some of them that i've gone to i'm like i really could have just stayed home you know mm-hmm. i was supposed to go to my first event this year um in ypsilanti but it was such terrible road conditions it's like and i was still getting over being really sick i was like no nah, it's just not worth my time to get up and drive especially when they're getting like five to eight inches of snow down there i'm not driving down to that dude my little honda civic i'd yeah, local geek journalist found dead on the highway due to a car accident. Not even be brought up either. Just local yeah. man found. You know, it's just I look at it this way. Since I am older too, it's like, is this worth my time getting up for? Because if it's an event that I've gone to in the past that that's repeatedly showed very little attendance, and it's a far distance, I'm more likely going to stay home and work on other stuff because I I can't do that it sucks i remember in 2017 the bad year i drove close to two and a half hours to this event that was supposed to be co- uh what was described to me online which was going to be a cosplay dance party with art exhibits all over the wall showed up there i had reached out to them ahead of time just to set up uh you know get a press access and stuff like that showed up to it there was less than 15 people there oh and my drive overall was a lot longer than my time at that place and i was like i think i walked away with like probably nine photos total and i was just like i can't do this i mm-hmm. i could that was a friday night that i could have stayed home and just relaxed you know so i also have to look at it i'm not trying to big league events but I also like to go to events with a lot of people there because it makes yeah. it worth my time to do stuff. I can only talk to so many vendors at a dead event so many times yeah. before it gets. You know how that goes. I'm pretty yeah. sure you've been to your fair share of events that seemed good on paper, but are just absolutely dead. Yep. And you're like, <laughs> I could some right now. I could stay home and be doing other things. Yep. So what what does this year look for for you? I don't know. I don't know. You don't have any planned yet, or you have a couple that you know you're going to definitely hit? Oh, and... there's there's some that I definitely will hit, like, obviously, Grand Rapids Comic Con, JFAX, that's coming up in June. JFAX is actually starting a little bit earlier this year, which works out for me, so that way I can actually have my yearly staycation without having <laughs> to work on uh, material. Um, next weekend, I'll be heading down to Astronomicon. Are you going oh, to that? Uh, I wanted to. Uh I 
have stuff going on. I'm part of a, personally, I'm part of a big uh, uh, group here in West Michigan that raises money for cystic fibrosis. Okay, that's cool. Um, every and so every pretty much January and February up until first weekend of March, I'm very kind of committed and booked for events for that, because um, I'm kind of part of the like committee for it. So. Yeah. No, it's fair. Did you go to Astronomicon last year? Nope. But I think I'm going to try to, because it's always usually the same weekend, right? This is the second year the events happen. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it was... uh, It's around the same time. Yeah. I'm going to try to make sure that if I'm part of, which I will be uh, part of my event again, that I can kind of be like, all right, I'm going to know, because I'll know what's coming up. Probably I'll start hearing about it probably June-ish or July to plan ahead before um no that's that's completely fair um let's put it this way uh if it's this year's anything like last year um it'll be good Uh, i've they had an excellent turnout despite the the horrible weather and a first year event it blew my mind it blew all my expectations out of the water because you, you know you know how it goes you go to a, an event that's just starting up you know and you you cut them some slack you can't just go like well you don't have this this and this eh. you know and also i also feel it's very unfair to compare like events to another one and writing review about it you mm-hmm. know it's you should treat each event based on their own merits that's how i feel about it oh yeah for sure and, and also as you're saying too first year you little slack when you see them grow, they may not be all the way there yet, but they've grown, so you look at the positives and everything, and it's crazy of it being the... F- I remember last year hearing about it, hope good things, but when I heard from some of my comic book friends that were there, they were like, no, it was a great show. Yeah, for sure. I'm doing it again. It made me kind of like, damn it, I do want to go to it. So that's no. definitely something... Uh, but here's... But for this year being 2019, this is the litmus test. So... <clears throat> <coughs> Sorry, you can have an excellent first year. What you do with it is what matters. I can think of one event off the top of my head that I will not mention where they're from or the name of the event did stellar that first year because their promoters were out. I meant the con runners were out promoting at every single event that I came across. They're gone. Boom, 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 boom. Second year, they did a little bit of promotion um, and they still had a nice turnout. Third year, they didn't. Next to no promotion besides Facebook. Um, there was a considerable down, dro- drop. drop in attendance. Mm-hmm. Fourth year, it was dismal. Fifth year, I actually had to skip out because um, I was ill. It was one of those events. But when I saw video footage of someone walking through there, it was like next to dead. And I'm like, what happened? Well, it's because the promoters don't go out. but They just figure they rely on name value instead of going out to events and promoting and promoting promoting the thing that astronomicon does is they get out there they have their crews going out to a lot of events promoting 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 because you got to remember people have short attention spans that's why i also have to constantly go to events exactly (laughs) i have to constantly go to events to hand out my business cards you know to drive people to the website and stuff like that and astronomicon does excellent job of promoting and the crew that I've met behind it are just some of the most down to earth folks that are super nice. Just and and I, I long story short, I had I have a tendency to ramble. I'm so sorry, but um, they did a really good job 
um, last year and it blew my mind. But this year is the litmus test. Like, are you able to build upon that? Or are you going to get drunk on power from that first year and think that everything that you did uh, last year is going to be good for this year? Because there were some things that I had some complaints about, like the layout setup. So let's just see how they're going to do this year. You know, and also if they continue building upon their attendance, because last year had a stellar attendance, they're going to grow that. Um, the venue? The venue. It's just a, a hotel, a small hotel. And my criticism against that is I hope they move it to like warmer months. Warmer, please. <laughs> but but then you have all that competition though with with all that, so maybe it would be wise to keep. Who knows? I mean, that's the only reason why I have issue with it being in February is because of pure Michigan. Look oh. at the garbage that we're going through right now. If Astronomicon was happening this weekend, polar vortex. Oh yeah, there's it's... no way. Or if it, you know, there would be no way I would have attended that. Absolutely not. I'm like, sorry guys. I'm not driving two hours down, to, I mean, two plus hours down to that. You know, uh, just, well, I don't know, Saturday's supposed to be like 40 degrees, oh, so it would have been perfect to go down to Astronomicon. <laughs> yeah. But um, it's just, Michigan's. Our weather is just. It's horrible. It's, yeah. Swing, swing, uh, what's something I saw? Uh, you know, I bet you can't uh, swing 70 degrees in one day. Hold Michigan, my beer. Hold my Fago. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Hold my Verners. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. It's just, that's what I, I I'm fine with events being thrown in the beginning of the year because it gives you something to ease into the season. Cool. But also at the same time, pure Michigan. <laughs> yeah. It's like, please have it like in the summery months, you know? But. I know there's so many competition. I, I, like, I've been racking my brain over, like, when would be a good time for Astronomicon to uh, have, like, a warmer... They can't do it in May because of Motor City. And Cherry Capital. Cherry Capital. Um, they really can't... They probably could do it in June or July. Yeah. There isn't really any... There's not any big ones, yeah. There's not any Comic-Cons or Pop Culture Cons uh, that are huge that they would be competing with. You know, obviously not do it in the fall because of the Grand Rapids Comic Con. And the, the cool thing about that is um, they also use my calendar, too, uh, to pick out dates so that they don't compete oh. with the other folks and step on uh, mm -hmm. their toes. And I think that's very respectful because they could easily be like, yeah, do whatever you want. And I've seen some cons do that and they fail, you know. So what uh, do you have any goals that you have for my geek scene this year that you've kind of set out to try to accomplish um actually yes i would like to i definitely need to start getting out a damn newsletter i gotta figure out a, i already know how to do that i just gotta start implementing that <laughs> i would i'm definitely starting to do more skype interviews i did my first one recently with mc front a lot that was i felt came out rather well um i definitely want to do more skype interviews because let's be honest trying to set up conventions at a i mean set up interviews at a convention can be a pain in the ass i've kind of now enjoy more doing this because you have a lot more free time um a little more time to prepare because sometimes you didn't know if you'd get an interview and for me because i'm not as prepared as you you it sucked getting all that preparedness in and then you you can't do it had it happen a few times yeah man. it and sucks so, skyping is wonders in this world 
Well, because when you're at conventions and stuff like that, you got to deal with all these other factors that are just sometimes very unnecessary. You got to deal with agents. You have to deal with guest handlers. You got to deal with that guest's schedule. And then you got to deal with fans. And I know that first and foremost, fans come first. And I get it. Those, those guests are there to meet the fans and, you know, make money. <laughs> let's let's put it like this put it like I mean it's it's they're there to make money at the end of the day um sure I mean they're also there to see the fans and I I'm sure a lot of them appreciate meeting their fans and stuff like that but would these guests be coming out there and do it for free like taking away from their free time and or money opportunities they wouldn't come out to do it for free mm-hmm. Mm-mm, absolutely not so I understand that that's the those things come first before my interview. Sure, I could have a stellar interview set up, but they wouldn't know that. They don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. So, at least I've been building a foundation to be able to try getting that stuff. But to answer your question, things that I would like to do for this year, I don't know. Just see how this year is. I still like to continue. I definitely want to go down the Skype um, route for doing interviews. Um, newsletter. I would like to do a podcast, but at the same time, it's like when am I going to have the time? I mean, I know you asked me to jump on board, but we're definitely two different things, and I didn't want to feel like I was big-leaguing you either. Um, It's just I'm so busy. When would I find the time? If I didn't have to work in my real job that paid me, I would have time freed up to do (laughs) said podcast. It's just, ugh, because I I feel that my interviews are tailor-made for podcasts uh, because they're long, they're nuanced, depending on the guest, they're conversational, and there's something you can put on the background. But for me, my issue with uh, trying to do a podcast, and I recently had a sit-down brainstorming session with our mutual friend, Cassidy Ray Warner, who's an excellent artist, and you should buy her stuff. She really is awesome. Hi, Cassidy. I know you're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, we sat down, we discussed like ideas for a podcast, and I would need a podcast partner, but at the same time, I don't like relying on other people to get the stuff done that I want to get done. I know, like, with me, I have my deadlines, and I will meet those deadlines. Having to rely on somebody else, and they're putting me behind, and they're hindering me, I get furious, dude. And it's just, I can't can't do that, you know. But also... I mean, totally understandable. I mean, my two co-hosts right now aren't even asking you questions while they sit here, so... Yeah, they've been looking at me. <laughs> yeah. uh, what's his new, the new ones? Charles? Charles yeah. yeah, no eye contact. All right. <laughs> but um, it's just... It's frustrating to me to try to be able to get all that stuff done, and I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. You know, and I would, I feel like the best type of podcast usually has two people. You know, yeah. I have this back catalog of, I have now conducted 179 interviews, so I have this huge catalog of audio that I can easily put into a podcast format. I can just do like a little brief introduction, a little commentary, go into the interview, and then here are the events for the week. Like little segments. That's easy to put together. At least that's what I would like to believe, at least on paper. But if I just, I could do that and I could put that on for like every week. But within a few years, I'd run out of stuff, and I wouldn't be able to do it on a weekly basis. Well, you could do it every other and stretch it to twice as long. I thought about that, too. But also, I would like to have a segment, too, like on the podcast, like here are the events for this week. I'll list off the events, and if like, hey, if you want to find out more about them, go to the website's calendar, you know, to draw people to it. And I played around with the idea. That's where having a partner would come in handy, like... Two weeks, I'm with a partner. We're just discussing topics and stuff like that within the realm of geekness. And the other two weeks, 
here's an interview that I've done, you know, and yeah, it's just finding the time. And also I need uh, the equipment. I mean, I have a Blue Yeti mic, but I'm already looking at, uh, I'm not going to buy it anytime soon, but I can afford it. Uh, Sure SM7Bs. Those are like high-end audio recording stuff, microphones, like stuff like Joe Rogan uses and stuff like that, and I'm looking at a good mixer. I'm not about to drop $3,000 on the mic, though. <laughs> yeah. I'm not to that point. I would have to be bringing in some serious cash before I switched over to that. But I also have a lot to learn, and I just don't want to just start jumping into doing a podcast without being fully prepared, mm-hmm. you know? Anything else that you want to try to accomplish? Still continue having fun at this. I would like to start generating uh, more income off of this. I don't want to come off as this being greedy or anything. It's not about greed, but like traveling all over the state covering events and buying food, that stuff gets expensive, dude. Yeah. You know, so. There's only so many pretzels and hot dogs you can have. That... <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing it's like uh, for like the photos, I just finally implemented a new photo gallery program into my website that. You can go look at the photos, but if you try uh, right-clicking, downloading, it's disabled completely. And um, if you screenshot it, there's nothing I can do to prevent people from screenshotting stuff. It is it's it is what it is, but what I've uploaded is very small, and it's very low quality. Um, well, it's low quality compared to what I will be offering for like the full-size sharper images but if you download it like oh, i'm gonna upload this stuff to my social media it's gonna be compressed even further and look like further garbage so that's oh, nice. what's well, one of the things that i'm thankful for about facebook's compression rates because i used to be like i used to upload all my photos to facebook but now it's just like you only get four the rest you got to go to the website look at you know and if you want a high quality high resolution version full size version of the photo i took of you you have to you have to pay me for mm-hmm. it it's not too it's no more hey I really like your photo. I'll give you credit, you know, stuff like that. Credit's awesome, and exposure's awesome. Cool, but that I I'm fat, but I my monthly fa- my monthly rent is eight hundred exposures. Like yeah, yeah. Could if you can generate enough exposure to compensate my rent and my uh, monthly uh, bills, then yeah, sure. Yeah. But no, you're not going to, you know. Um, but like. Generating more income is definitely one of the things. And like I said, this is not based on greed. I would ultimately like to make my geek scene a living. A thing that I could live comfortably off of. Uh, The ultimate goal for my geek scene would be to be this massive group of folks that if there's events going on every weekend, I'd send somebody out to every single event. So could you just imagine like all this coverage of events coming in and then like, I don't know about like I'll still stick with the interviews. Yeah, man. Like uh, I'll do the interviews. That's that's my baby. I don't like I don't want anyone under my name trying to do interviews and they're putting out subpar, sub quality interviews. Like you take that shit and put it somewhere else. Okay. <laughs> uh, what's it like to uh, uh, like Kevin Smith? What was it like to be in Clerks? <laughs> I will strangle you to death. You know. But I would love to have this massive group of folks that I can send out to go cover stuff. Yeah. Like hey. Here's my name. I'll get you in his press. But also, at the same time, if I'm sending these folks out to all these events, I want to be able to compensate them. Saying, like, hey, I'll give you exposure on my website. That's bullshit. Don't ever, ever, as a creative folks, don't ever accept exposure as a form of payment. Unless it, that sort of exposure will generate some significant monetary income your way. Yeah. You know, 
uh, like say for instance like someone super popular like Chris Evans was like hey I was on drunk on comics you know he took this nice photo please go buy that stuff and then he every time he went out to events he kept drop name dropping <laughs> drunk on comics and stuff like that that in turn could generate some nice income towards you yep. but when people are like oh, I'll offer you exposure that means nothing to me I'm like nah I'm good thanks uh, so where can people find you besides us talking about the website all the time? <laughs> Jeez, you know, I was hoping that we were going to talk about other stuff like <laughs> pro wrestling and, uh, well, to be honest, I had planned on doing all that. Um, oh, this turned into a long but, spiel but, again about my no, website. Just, <laughs> see, the thing is this, I haven't even hit record yet. I was just getting all this out of the way to Son know. Son of a bitch! What, <laughs> we still got a whole other hour to record shit. Oh my goodness, that would suck so much. No, but that's what, we'll, we'll save all that for the next time where we won't even talk about yeah, because, my geek scene. We'll just talk about you and your loves and... No, yeah, because that was, um, was not, this has been fun too, don't get me wrong, but I thought that's what we were going to go into, but like you kept we asking We were going me, to, and then... But you we... kept asking me about my website stuff, because, you, uh, you know, I don't want to, um, I don't want to be one of those people that, that's really annoying to me too, not, not your questions, but it's really annoying to me when you're talking to somebody and they just keep talking about, like, whatever project they're working on. It's like, yeah, dude, I get it, it's cool, but let's talk about the other stuff, you know? Well, when you re-listen to this, you realize... <laughs> I'm not the one that really talks, so... Shut up, Tony. <laughs> if you wanted to go find me online, it would be on mygeekscene.com. M-I-geekscene, as in let's make a scene.com, like short for Michigan Geek Scene. You can find me all on my social medias, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, all under mygeekscene. You know, it's I make it easy for people to find stuff. Yeah, we're both shaking our heads. Sweet. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, sweet. yeah. <laughs> but no, dude. If uh, if by chance I do get to come back on again, let's not talk about my geek scene so much. I'd rather, uh, yeah, like a little plug. Hey, it's Joe from my geek scene. But I definitely wanted to get well, into wrestling did, talk with you. Oh, for sure. There was uh, I and was comic finally, books too. Well, I finally watched One Punch Man. So I oh to talk about no that. no no! All right, let's not cut this off yet, dude. I'm sorry. So what were your thoughts on One Punch Man? Oh my god, that was just so awesome. Like not going into it, not really knowing, hearing everyone talk about it. I'm watching this, I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? What is with this guy? Saitama? He's just, he just bald, and then it was, I think it's the first episode, or it might have been the second episode, but when he uh, goes into the, the mountain, and he's fighting the guy, and then all of a sudden the guy, the the bad guy, does its second formation, and then he's like, oh my gosh, I made a mistake. And then I'm thinking, what the fuck's going on? And then he's going on. He just said it was Saturday. Yep, I know exactly you know what you're talking and about. And then, then it's like, there's a, a, a sale, sale going on, on and, and then he got the wrong date. Just destroys him to go to the sale, and I'm like, oh my god, that's what this show is like. This is so awesome. Uh, yeah, that uh, that was a few episodes into the. Have you watched the whole season? I mean, the whole first season. Yeah. Yep. Oh my goodness, One Punch Man. And um, I think, I forgot, it's either Matt, Studio Madhouse or Studio Bones that did that, uh, the animation for that, and it is just amazing. Oh. I loved it when um, Saitama went off against the Sea King, uh, who was yeah. destroying everybody, and um, he punched the Sea King so hard that the rain stopped in that city. Like, you watch, like, I slowed it down um, and watched in slow motion, watching the animation where all the rain just like in a wave of air, left the entire town, and I was like, "That is amazing." You know, right afterwards, I had to go to the web or to online to see who would win. 
Uh, Saitama versus who? Uh, Goku. Ooh, that's a good question, though. I mean, I'm looking forward to season two, which actually is going to come out finally this year for One Punch Man. And I've read a bit of the manga, too. And there's so much more in the manga that hasn't been in the anime. But, uh, dude, One Punch Man is pretty cool. Have you checked out uh, My Hero Academia? Uh, no, I've seen some things. I'm interested enough to where I might. I've just, though, restarted watching Death Note again. Okay, so I'm gonna, okay. I'm going to go through that. It's I've, I've always loved it. And rewatching it, I'm just like, this is such good fucking writing. And I just, it's beautiful uh, drawn as well, but it's, it's... Well, all right, uh, how often do you get to talk about anime and manga on Drunk on Comics? Eh, it comes up rarely. Dude, we need to, you're right, you and I need to sit down, we need to have a conversation about that stuff for, um, uh, on either on this podcast or just in general, because there's so many great things. I would highly recommend to you is to watch My Hero Academia, or Boku no Hero Academia, uh, if, if you wanted to watch the Japanese uh, with, with sub, do you normally watch anime subbed or dubbed? I need dub. Whenever I watch uh, anything uh, subbed, I tend to it, and whether it's uh, regular movies or not, I'll start reading and focusing on reading because I enjoy reading. That I miss, yeah, everything. So and and I know certain people are like, oh, that's not the pure what oh they said. To be honest, no, I want to enjoy it and enjoy it in a way where I can see everything and, and understand it. Well, those people need to get over themselves because I, why not like both? That's the way I look at it. There's like this 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 war between fans of anime. Like, you gotta watch it dub. Now you gotta watch it subbed. And I'm like, my goodness, you can enjoy both. That's what I do. It depends on the show. If it's like some shows like Naruto, some of the dub voices, I'm like, this is horrible. But like some of the characters like Orochimaru, who's done by Steve Bloom, does a good job. Sasuke by Yuri Lowenthal, both people that I've interviewed in the past, good interviews, go check those out. They do a good job. But some of the other characters, I'm like, no, and I gotta watch this in Japanese where it actually sounds better to me. I don't understand what they're saying. I get it. But audio-wise, audio it does sound better. But my recommendation to you is to check out My Hero Academia because it puts a different spin on uh, the superhero genre. Okay. It's it's pretty cool about, like, these kids. I mean, like, uh, in this society, people start developing what's called quirks, which are their superpowers and stuff like that. And the one kid, Izuka uh, Midoriya, uh, he always wanted to have a quirk, but he was born without a quirk. And then, without spoiling much, he ends up getting a quirk through some other means, and then he goes on to become the greatest hero of all time. They even say it like at the beginning, like, this is my story of how I became the world's best hero and stuff like that. But just watching, like, how he goes through his journey and the characters that he meets and stuff like that. And it's, like, set in, um, he goes to, like, this pretty much superhero high school where he... Because he uh, goes through training and stuff like that, and it's it's pretty cool. He's not like he's learning you. You're growing with him, like how he's learning how to be a superhero and how to control his powers. Because like he earlier on, he keeps screwing himself up, you know, or screwing up things, and you just watch him learn. My Hero Academia is pretty cool show. I would highly recommend it. And even the cast who does it, even though I've interviewed a lot of the cast members, they do an excellent job of doing the voice acting on the show, and um. I would highly recommend My Hero Academia. I have to say this. I wish we were doing a video uh, 
like recording right now because if people could understand the look on your face right now and how animated you are of talking about anime right now like it's it's oh i i this is what i wanted to do um, you should have said that at the beginning sir we could have totally just talked about like uh non my geek scene well, i would stuff. i would have but i also was like it's been a year so you know want to get some people to to know what's going on with that uh but we can also do this at any point in fact I'll have you come on again, and we'll do a whole thing of just bullshit no. wrestling and anime. Oh, I would love to. And comic books, please. We definitely have to throw in comic books. Um, uh, yeah, dude. <laughs> it's almost like, when can we set this up? Like, can we do this tomorrow? You know, when <laughs> I wouldn't do that. It's like, I know you have to, uh, you've got other things to do, because otherwise I'm like, dude, cut this off right now. Let's go into the next one. You, you could just bank this. You well, know? you know what? With that, stay tuned for part two with Joe. Which is probably coming out in a couple months because we got to set up and record that. But still, part two. For sure.